Welcome back to another episode of Excuse My Grandma. It's Kim and my co-host, Grandma Gail. This week we talked to Leslie Grant. She has a podcast of her own about dating, but in LA. And, you know, we are pretty much New York City and Florida dating experts, but we need someone to represent on the other coast. And she's great. And very, very smart, speaks beautifully. And she's a 30-something that has had um, a dating experience that was different from what we would normally have. And um, she ended up with a really super guy now. Uh, who loves her mom, mm-hmm. so that was a good yes. conversation, and um, she's uh, very enjoyable to speak to, mm-hmm. and I hope you uh, all uh, like to hear from her and what she's got to say on the West Coast. And we also were on her podcast, Interstates oh, and Heartbreaks. That, yeah, it was a while ago. Well, not really. It was like a few weeks ago, but uh, we had a great conversation on there, so if you can't get enough of us on this podcast, please go listen to her interview us. Okay, guys, we are joined by Leslie Grant on her podcast, Interstates and Heartbreaks. She talks all about her dating life in LA from her experience and interviews tons of dating experts similar to we do. So Leslie, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be a guest on your show. Um, so with all of our guests, we start with your age and where you're from and your relationship status. And also give us your title of your of your podcast too so people can follow you after this. Yes, absolutely. So like Kim mentioned, so my name is Leslie Grant and I'm the host and producer of Interstates and Heartbreak. I am from New York actually, but I currently live in LA. I've been there for over a decade, which is crazy to say. So I feel like I'm officially an Angelino and I'm 31 and I am in a relationship. So how did you meet your partner? I actually met him on Hinge and it was after years of thinking that I was never going to meet anyone online, not because I was online dating for years at a time, but like every previous boyfriend, even though I'd had like a couple months here and there of dating online, everyone I met was in person. And so I was just like, maybe the online thing isn't going to work out for me. And after going on a lot of mediocre and sometimes bad dates, finally met someone good. And what does your mom think about your boyfriend? I know you mentioned you're staying with her right now in San Diego. Yeah, she actually likes him. He was here for Thanksgiving. It was the first time that I brought a boyfriend home for a holiday. So that was kind of a big milestone. And the funny thing about my mom is like, she's very blunt and all my good friends who know her are like, your mom is so hilarious. She's like a straight shooter. Like she will never sugarcoat how she feels about anything. So if she didn't like him, we would both be very aware. So I'm like, okay, like she's warming up, even if she's not like a hundred percent, like super warm and affectionate. I know that she approves. You know, it's interesting. We just, Kimmy and I just did a a podcast on bringing your either boyfriend or girlfriend home for a holiday. And we, my advice was no matter how you feel, you have to zip up your mouth. (laughs) Holiday time is not the time to give opinions. And did your uh, significant other bring something for mom for the holiday? So he went above and beyond. At first he brought flowers as like an intro as he was arriving to the home. And then he, so he's Jewish, so he doesn't celebrate Christmas, but he still bought my mom a Christmas gift. And he gave it to her while he was down here. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is nicer than even what I was going to get her. So now I feel like I have to step it up. Like he brought her a new TV. And I was just like, that is 
I'm in love wild. with her. <laughs> I know. Because I think he like saw her TV and he's like, oh, like she likes to watch a lot of movies and like has no, she's never been a big technology person. So it's just a smaller TV. And he was like, what if we got her a new one? And then I was totally under the impression that we were going to go half on it. And so I'm like, oh my God, okay, yeah, absolutely. I'll Venmo you. And he's like, don't worry about it. I was like, wow. So he won a lot of points with both of us. Really so nice. Man, I don't That's... think I've gotten something <laughs> like that before. We're lucky if one. we get the flowers. No, I literally, <laughs> if they text me happy holidays. Exactly. I don't know if it's maybe because my mom is like so hard to win over. He's like, I got to pull out guns. I'm not sure. No, he's probably just a nice guy. Okay. What made you want to start your podcast? Yeah, that's a great question. And it was a couple of years in the making, technically, from the moment that I decided that this could be an interesting idea to the moment that I actually published my first episode. And part of it was being in two back-to-back relationships. I feel like I learned a lot. I started dating seriously in my early 20s. And then I had these two relationships that were two plus years and neither of them were the right long-term fit, obviously, because I'm not with them. And so I feel like I learned a lot from both of them. And then I started online dating and I just went at it with a vengeance. Like I would go on sometimes four dates a week. It was way too much. And I will say the good thing about that was that it helped me learn what I needed in a date and kind of learn how to evaluate if a person was a good match for me versus just focusing on if they liked me. And so I feel like I just had all of these insights and stories and I realized I could talk about it forever and ever. And I had two coworkers who separately, we would joke about starting a podcast together, but the more we would joke about it, the more I thought like, maybe there's something actually to this and I should explore it. Do you ever think this wasn't, I wasn't thinking about this question before, but now that you're talking about it, do you ever wish that you had a co-host? Yes, I do many times. And I feel like part of it is just, as you know, podcasting is a lot of work. And so I feel like it would be really great to split the responsibility with somebody and also just have that banter. Like I've done a couple of solo episodes and they're like 20 minutes max, because how much can I say into like a pod microphone that's actually entertaining, but I feel like it's nice to have the banter with someone. And I feel like you develop a really deep relationship with your co-host and like know them and you can kind of like riff off of each other. So I do wish I had a co-host. I think it's also very hard to find someone who has the same level of commitment and the same schedule, especially pre-pandemic. It was like the first coworker and I, I was like, we would have been great co-hosts, but we were both far too busy to actually get it done together. I think it's amazing. Now you have a full-time job. You're doing this on the side. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Wearing myself into the ground a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I'm exhausted listening to you. <laughs> so why do you call it interstates and heartbreaks? So it's funny because almost no one asks me that question. And so I'm going to say something a tad bit controversial, and I will caveat by saying this is his music only. I'm a very big Kanye West fan. And so even though this is like my least favorite album of his, arguably, it's based on 808s and Heartbreak. And then the Interstates is just a play on like being in L.A. and how much time we spend in traffic. Gotcha. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between dating in LA and dating in New York. I think a lot of our guests have been New York based. I, I would say um, most, about 90%. And then mm. obviously like my experience is just in New York and tiny bit in Florida, but not really. Do you think it boils down to like one or two big differences between dating on the East Coast versus the West Coast? 
So one thing I've heard from another dating podcaster, and I feel like a lot of dating podcasts are based in New York. So I don't know why that is, but yeah, one person out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> one person said that in New York, like you go on dates very easily and it's like, you just kind of will like go after work and it's like not a big thing. And so it's like easy to go on more dates. And like I said earlier, I was going through a period where I was going on four dates a week, but it was very taxing. Like I had one weekend where I went on like one date in South Bay. I went on a date in Culver city. I went on a date downtown. And then I went on another date in Palos Verdes in a weekend. And that is a large part of why I burnt out. It's very hard to just like get places here. And so, yeah, the traffic itself and I don't know. I just feel like it makes it a little harder. And then people are also flakier as a result. So it's like, even when I was talking to my boyfriend, I was like, what was your radius for when you were dating? He was like, oh, only five miles. And I was like, five miles. Luckily, we live really close to each other. Mine was like 20 miles because I used to live like 25 miles from where I worked. And so I was like, okay, if there's anyone within that radius, it's fine. But a lot of people won't date outside of like the couple neighboring neighborhoods. Yeah. Just to explain to you for a second. So like when you have a dating app, you could on a lot of them actually choose like how many miles away you want to be shown oh, people. Oh, I see. Well, that's so, smart. Yeah. Like on hinge does that okay. I know. And, um, so in New York city, it's a lot easier because like a lot of dates I could literally just walk to like not more than 20 minutes at any time. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like the driving aspect. And then if you're going to have a drink, can you drive? Do you have to Uber? That's like, 50 yes. and then it's like, it's just so much harder. Um, mm-hmm. but you were, you were, saying something about like laziness. I know that is an LA <laughs> stereotype a little bit. The people I have dated from LA kind of were in like filmmaking and fit that mold. So mm-hmm. I, I see how a LA guy might be well, very more laid back. They're more laid back. Do you find mm-hmm. that to be true? I definitely do. And I feel like I wouldn't even say people in LA are lazy. I feel like people hustle really hard. I feel like they're just flaky and there's kind of like a no new friends mentality because everyone's spread so thin. A lot of people have side hustles in addition to like their full-time job, people have their established group of friends. And so when it's so much effort to go on a date with someone who you're like, this person could be a dud. I feel like people are just like, I have a lot of other ways that I could spend my time. And so it makes them more likely to cancel. Yeah, that makes sense. And then also there's so many people in LA who are in entertainment or now like in, into in- influencer culture, or like super mm-hmm. fashion forward, concerned with beauty, plastic surgery. Obviously yes. that kind of exists in New York too, but I, I think less. less or, and, uh, yeah, I don't um, think too many people, I mean, they're doing it, but it's not part of the culture. Really. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Does, I think that's the film business more that projected mm-hmm. the big screen. So everybody wanted to look well, like- Well, now your little screens too, you know? No, yeah. <laughs> true. Well, I guess that's true. But I think the big screen made everybody look at everybody's imperfections mm-hmm. and they wanted to, you know, be the most perfect person they could that's be. where it started maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did that ever get to you, especially with dating of like, well, he could have gone out with like the biggest influencer or model like yesterday. Oh my gosh. So much. I feel like it's hard to not be self-conscious. I feel like now I'm 31. Like I've worked past a lot of that, but especially when I was younger, there's just so many beautiful women around. And so it's hard to not compare yourself and not think like they're perfect. Like how do I measure up? And I think a lot of that played into being like, do they like me versus thinking like, if that's even someone that I want to spend my time with. Um, so I think that's tough. One of my friends described it really well. She said, LA is like a city of tens who are looking for an 11. 
Oh, yeah, that's very good. It's true. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about dating in your 20s versus dating in your 30s. You're 31. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how do you think it's different? And like, how has your um, perception, I guess, or perspective changed throughout the years? I feel like I very much wanted to be like the cool nonchalant girl who was like non-confrontational. And I'm not saying that I'm drama filled now. I don't like to pick fights. I think I'm still pretty easygoing, but I feel like I prided myself on that. And part of it was my first boyfriend. He would always talk about like how chill I was and how great it was that we never fought. And so I internalized that and thought like, oh, well, this is something guys like, and this is a positive quality. And I guess, yes, it is positive, but to a certain extent, I feel like it kind of got in the way sometimes where in the relationship that followed, I didn't always like express my needs or vocalize when something happened that wasn't acceptable. And so I feel like it just led me to stay in things longer when they weren't serving my needs or like accept behavior that I definitely wouldn't accept now. And I also feel like it caused me to like hold a little bit back with who I was early on versus now it's like, obviously everyone puts the rest foot forward when you're in the early stages of dating, but there are certain things where I'm like, okay, this is going to come out about me eventually. Like if I think this type of humor is funny, or I have this like guilty pleasure of like watching the bachelorette every week. Like if you're not okay with that, it's better that you just find it out now versus me pretending to be somebody else. And then it coming out later. Did like turning 30 cause you any anxiety? Because I already have girlfriends who <laughs> are 25 and they're like, if I meet someone tomorrow, then like if from now we'll live in, we'll live together and then we'll get engaged. And then like, I'm already 32 and what do I do? You know what I mean? And they're yeah. like, how did, how did you like deal with any of that? And like, do you still ever feel that? To be honest, no. And I know that's going to sound crazy, but I think for me, I've always thought like, I will never care what age I am as long as I'm where I want to be life-wise. And so it was like, you know, work-wise, I was where I wanted to be. Like I had this exciting new hobby with the podcast and I did start dating my boyfriend at 29. This didn't come up earlier. We broke up for a short period of time. And I had this episode where I talked about like how right after my 30th birthday, I'd like started the year off thriving. And then within a couple of weeks, it like all devolved because I like tore my Achilles. I was on a break with my boyfriend. It was like the worst phase of the pandemic. And I realized that the job that I started, I was like, I don't know that this is for me. So it was like a dark month or two where I was just like, what am I doing? Like what's going on? What is the world right now? But I feel like shortly after that, it's like I got this new current job that I have. My boyfriend and I are back together and like our relationship is very strong. And so I feel like even though I'm 31 and I'm definitely not where I would have envisioned myself being, if you'd ask me as like a 20 year old, I'm very happy with where things are at the moment. So also on one of your podcast episodes, you had an ex-boyfriend on as a guest. <laughs> yes. Uh, what was- very brave. Yes. <laughs> You think we could ever bring no, an I ex? I don't on? think you could. I, I don't think you could. I, I, I think my exes are dead, so I don't. <laughs> but well, first I want to hear what that was like for you. Oh my gosh, that was really interesting, and I didn't actually intend to ask him to be on. Um, to give a little backstory without going too in depth. We were in like a weird place where we'd broken up kind of recently and we were on fine terms. We had just broken up because of distance. And so there was this like thing where we were still in contact and we'd hang out and it'd be like, okay, maybe we'll hook up. Like who knows? And so then the time that I saw him when he agreed to be on the podcast, he'd actually just started dating someone. And the reason why I'd found out is because 
we had a friend's going away party. I texted him to be like, Hey, do you want to go to this going away party together? Being like, okay, cool. He'll drive me. Maybe we'll hook up. I don't know. And he took a little while to respond. He's like, I don't think that's a good idea. Like I've just started seeing someone. And so we go to this party and it's a little awkward in the beginning, but two of my guy friends who were also there. They had been interviewed for the podcast and they brought it up in front of him. And he's like, that's so cool that you're doing that. Like I would be on it. And I was like, really? And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take him up on it. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And it was interesting because this is a little behind the scenes thing. I since edited the podcast, obviously, and I cut out every single mention of his girlfriend because between when we recorded and when it came out, they broke up. But it was this weird thing where it was like, there was still little tension between us. Like I wasn't trying to be flirtatious because I was respectful of that relationship, of course, but it was still my first time interacting with him when we like had this barrier because he was in a relationship with someone else. And so like navigating that while talking about our relationship and figuring out like, how much do I want to talk about like our past hookups? That was very complicated. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Was there anything you were like, I know this will like make me kind of go out into a spin. If I ask, like I better avoid this conversation. I didn't really ask any details about his girlfriends because I was just like, you know, I know how they met, but like, I don't really need to get into the intricacies of like, what do you like about her? And like, where do you see things going? I was like, we can just focus on us. (laughs) I could literally, unless it was an ex that I had a long time ago where there was like literally zero feelings left. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I could do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, but it's brave. It's brave. <laughs> and it's for like entertainment for other people. Yeah. For the content. For the content. Exactly. We kind of touched on it when we came on your podcast. We talk all the time about like splitting meals and who should pay and stuff. You had a very mm-hmm. funny story about something that happened to you if you want to share. <laughs> yes. So this happened when I was 28 and I think I'd like just upped my dating age preferences. And so I matched with this 35 year old and I typically hadn't dated people who were seven years older than me. So to me, 35, I was like, he'll be so mature. It'll be really interesting, a different perspective. And so we were texting over the app and we we're having a hard time aligning our schedules. So he kept pushing for dinner. And I was thinking like, I don't know, like that really limits our opportunity to meet. What if we get a coffee? What if we do a brunch one weekend? He was adamant. He's like, no, I really like going on dinner for first dates. So we go and it just wasn't a match. You know, like I, we were very different in a lot of ways. Like he tried to read my palm while we were at the table. I would like love that. (laughs) (laughs) It was in like a really cheesy way. I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like you're trying to do this as a move to like hold my hand across the table. And there wasn't any chemistry. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. I think, you know, it could be very different if I had been like really attracted to him and the rest of the conversation were good. I probably would have been like, oh, that's so cute. But because I wasn't, I was just like, okay, this is weird. So it's fine. At the end of the date, I offered to split it and he's like, no, I've got it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I didn't insist, but I offered and I would have paid had he taken me up on it because I knew I probably wasn't going to see him again. So we end the date and he asks for my number because at this point we'd still only been texting on the app. And he's like, I'd love to schedule a call with you. Like, I'd love to see you again. And I thought I very respectfully said, I had a really nice time. It was great to meet you, but I don't see this as a romantic connection. And he just clearly didn't take it well. He's like, LOL, well, good luck finding your romantic connection. And he's like, that being said, then I'd like to request like half of the cost of the date via Venmo. Like I'm about to be going into grad school so I could use the money. And I was just like, 
you suggested this dinner. Like I actually suggested that we go to coffee. So if you can't afford it and you're like riding on this going somewhere and that's the only reason you're going to pay for a date, then like maybe rethink your strategy. Yeah. And not to steal from another podcast, but it just, I haven't thought about this since I listened to it like two years ago on call her daddy, which is that one that got like 60 million from Spotify. Um, they talk about like bad dick reviews and it's like, (laughs) meaning that if, like this guy, like maybe you, he didn't have a good connection with you, but now you're going to tell other people that he did that. And another Mm -hmm. girl who might go out with him is going to be like, Oh, I heard he did that. Like he has a bad dick review, right? Like I'm not going to go on that date. So it's like, you always need to just treat people with like a little respect, respect. Like that bothers me so much. You met with this guy before having exchanged each other's numbers, like you were still talking on the app. Was that mm-hmm. something you were typically doing? Cause I feel like whenever I was on apps, I would like get their phone number before I would meet them in person. I usually would get their phone number before. And I don't even know why we ended up just texting on the app. And I also think it's good to get their phone number before, because I had one time where short story, this guy, we had a date planned and he had to cancel last minute. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, he's not interested. He's making an excuse, classic LA, but he followed up. He's like, I'm so sorry. I want to make it up to you. I'm going to take you to dinner. He made reservations at like actually kind of a nice place for our first date. And we hadn't exchanged numbers yet. So I'm really excited. I go out to brunch with my girlfriend the morning of, and then I'm like, it's a little weird that I haven't heard from him, but like, I know we set the time and the place already. So maybe that's why. So I go to the app just to be like, I'm really excited to meet up and he unmatched me what 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 (laughs) happens if you had shown up I know I was like that's so incredibly rude and insane when you don't know the person or no one knows if you're not fixed up by a friend or a family member or whatever that's what makes me very nervous Mm -hmm. now what why would somebody do that I almost would have showed up with my girlfriend or something to the reservation and just seen if he was there and like if not had dinner with her because like yeah I don't know. Not worth it. Yeah, I guess like, yeah, probably thinking about it. I want to end the episode with Grandma Gail's old fashioned dating quiz that we play. Mm -hmm. We'll go through a few different scenarios. And based on your answer, we'll deem whether you are an old fashioned dater or a modern dater. Love that. Not very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the first one is, would you rather get a call from your date or a text? I think it depends on how early on we are. If it's pretty early, like if it's before dates one through three, I would rather get a text. But after that, I think a call is really nice. Okay. Would you sleep with someone on the first date? Honestly, no. I feel like, especially because when I was on the apps, I was like actually trying to look for a relationship. And so sleeping with them on the first date, I was like, I don't, not that it can't work out just for me. I was like, I'll get too attached. And like, I just don't think it's necessarily the foundation I'm looking for dating apps or setups? I am personally a fan, particularly since I did meet my boyfriend on the app. I feel like I'm giving mixed signals though, because I have all these stories about horrible things that happened on the apps, but I do think they can work. And I think that they're nice if you don't necessarily have a wide friend group to set you up. Yeah. Agreed. Move in together before getting engaged or wait until after you're engaged. So I used to be very old fashioned and for no like religious reason or moral reason, I was just like, oh, I want to get engaged and then we'll move in together. I've since shifted that, but I used to have the opinion that was definitely the old fashioned regard. What made you shift that? So I actually had an experience with the same ex who was on the podcast where we weren't living together, but we both happened to like be working the same events in different capacities. And like my work put me up in a hotel. And so he stayed in the hotel with me for like five days. And 
it wasn't even anything that special, but I would like come home after working, come home, go to the hotel after working. And I was like, oh, like, this is kind of nice. And like, we didn't even spend the whole night together. Sometimes like I'd come back for 15 minutes, leave and like go out with my girlfriends and like coworkers. And I was like, oh, I guess I see actually like how you can deepen your connection with someone before you have that engagement and like just kind of get to know them on a deeper level before making that big commitment. Okay. And do you think that one person should always pay for like dinner and stuff or that you should alternate? I think that once you are, once you're like official or exclusive, I I'm more comfortable with alternating. I feel like it's nice if it leans more towards the guy paying though. And I think early on in courtship, definitely a fan of the guy paying. Okay. So you are a little bit split, but I think a little <laughs> bit more of a modern dater than an old fashioned dater. Yeah. She could go, she could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gave some cop out answers maybe, but <laughs> nuanced. Amazing. Well, Leslie, thank you so, so much for joining us. Tell our listeners where they can follow you. Yeah. So you can find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's interstates and heartbreak. You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at interstates and heartbreak all spelled out. And I also have a website interstates and heartbreak.com. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode with Leslie. Uh, she was, she's smart, bright, and uh, she does it all. She has a podcast. She works full time at another job. So uh, you girls out there can be a little inspired. Uh, those who uh, think they can't do what they want to do, uh, they have to try it. Mm-hmm. But you never know where it goes. Yes. And uh, you guys know how to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Excuse My Grandma. DM me some of your questions. We'll do another one of those soon. And have a great week. Bye.